Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Today, we have a fun one. Today, basically what you guys are going to get today is we're recording this the day after Game 2. So we've seen Game 1 and Game 2 of the NBA Finals. Yes, between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. Both home games at the Golden State Warriors Oracle Arena. I think that might be the old arena have been played, and we are ready to react. We're going to talk to you guys about these games and tell you what we think about things. It's going to be really interesting. They split 1-1. So, uh, Chris, I'm excited to hear what your take is. Game 1, Game 2, let me hear what you got. Um, So, you hear me okay, right? I'm, I'm clear? Yes, sir. Perfect. Yeah, so my biggest takeaway from this game is the Warriors just have too many options. Way too many options. Mm-hmm. This has been said before. But it's legitimately been set in stone and cemented. Like, it's in granite now. It can never be taken away from them. They have too many options. And that's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem that I said that the Boston Celtics had going forward and playing the Warriors was that they have too many dry spells. And when they have dry spells, we don't have mm-hmm. anybody else they can lean on to go get them a bucket. We seen it last mm-hmm. night. We didn't see it technically. And we saw it a little bit in the third quarter of game one. But then mm-hmm. Al Horford came in and was like, oh, wait a second. I'm Al Horford, 23 yes. points. You know, like, yes. but he couldn't, yes. there was no saving mm-hmm. them last night. That was their saving grace game one, but there was no saving yeah. them game two. Because they had a dry spill where everybody was trying to get a bucket. They're missing bunnies, missing shots, can't get anything to go their way. And what happens? Golden State goes on a roll. First, Curry's a little quiet. I mean, he had 21 in the first quarter, but what really kept him alive that first quarter was Andrew Wiggins. What was he able to do? Be consistent. They couldn't stop him off the mm-hmm. glass. They couldn't stop him on the putbacks. Couldn't stop him driving to the basket. It became a real problem. Then, wait a second, Draymond Green starts facilitating, starts getting, you know, be, be, being Draymond, being a pest. Then, then it becomes an even worse problem once Jordan Poole gets going. Jordan Poole, I feel like at some point during that game, during the end of that third, then the end of that second quarter, at some point, or was it no, at the end of the third quarter? I mean, I'm sorry about that. At the end of the third quarter, somebody said something to Jordan Poole. It was like, your mom stink, and he went off. <laughs> That's what I feel like happened. I felt like they was like, your mom suck. <laughs> and he was like, oh, bet. Half court three. Half court three. I was like, <laughs> somebody made him mad. Somebody told him That's he can't funny. shoot. Somebody told him that he's not a splash brother. Lies. They said they're... He's, they said he's not related to Curry and Clay. <laughs> they said that to him. And he was like, watch this, my guy. And that's what really put the game away yeah. was it's just too many options. It's too much. It's just that if you first you had to go through just Curry and Clay, you know what I mean? Draymond may come along, you know what I mean? But he's really not there for the scoring aspect. He's there for the defensive and the emotional support for the team. That's just mm-hmm. what he does. Um, but if mm-hmm. you can say, I'm not saying they were shutting down Curry, but Derek White was doing a phenomenal job guarding Curry. Blocks, steals, all getting, being the, being that pest that you have to be with Curry, because Curry is a pest on the offensive board, because he's going to run you down. But if you have that track star pest mentality like Derek White did, he was mm-hmm. actually able to, even though he got 21 scored on him, he really, Curry should have had a lot more, is what I'm getting at in the first quarter, because he was, he was, he was rolling. He was rolling that first and second mm-hmm. quarter. He was rolling. He was. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just too much. You, you Clay didn't have a great game, but who did they have to step up? Andrew Wiggins stepped up. Who did they have to step up? Jordan Poole stepped up. It's just that they just have mm-hmm. way too much when the when when you can when you can try to when you have your star pseudo shut down. You know what I mean? Pseudo. 
and your second in command can't really get going and you have you can go into you can go deep into your lineup and pull guys to drop 10 to 15 points then you you can you can yeah. work with that and the fact of the matter is that clay started heating up a little bit toward the end of the second quarter but couldn't keep that rhythm mm-hmm. going he lost it um mm-hmm. but that was kind of a game changer as well but it's just the fact that they just have too many options there's too much it is legitimately mm-hmm. too much i want to be and say i want to sit here on this podcast and say i chris I support the Boston Celtics. I want them to win. I believe in my whole heart that they can win. I don't believe that. I can't sit up here and mm-hmm. lie to you guys. I w- I'm not going to be a bandwagoner and switch when they start winning because I they I have them I have them I have them winning. I mean I have the Golden State Warriors winning in six. So I say that they might take one in Boston, but the Golden State Warriors will take the rest of them afterwards, and the series will be over. Golden State have another championship, another banner in the Raptors of in Oakland. That's going to be the end all be all. <clears throat> yeah, I I, I pr- approved. I mean, I proved, but I supported them all the way here, the Boston Celtics. I, I believed mm-hmm. in them all the way here, but it's just that they're just running into a monster right now that they cannot beat mm-hmm. at their current level. You know, you know, Dragon Ball Z, there's power levels. Yes. We remember when, exactly. um, remember when, sorry for my anime fans out there, for, remember when Vegeta was like, um, when Napoli Napoli looked at Vegeta, was like, what's his power level? It's over 9,000! That's kind of what I'm looking at the Warriors as right now. (laughs) Like, it's it's over 9,000. And right now, (laughs) the Boston Celtics are looking like Yamcha and Tien. (laughs) Like, in comparison, if you get that reference. Um, (laughs) I'm a a Naruto guy. Uh, Okay, well, I'll do Naruto then. Okay. So, this... The Golden State Warriors are... Let's say Madara, right? Damn. Okay. Right. I'm talking about <laughs> not reanimated. I'm talking about Madara when he first when he first came back, uh-huh. and he, he didn't have he couldn't use any ninjutsu right away. Right. Uh-huh. That was him. Yeah. And the Boston Celtics were the Shinobi Alliance getting <laughs> torched. <laughs> torched. That was a great scene. It was that one was, on a hundred. Watch, watch that one guy just destroy everybody was like amazing. Um, one on a hundred. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great, great analogy, Chris. I. Uh, is there anything you just want to say? Anything else you want to say? No, no, that's just, that's it. That's, that's my whole thing right there. Like I said, I want to support Boston's. I support them all the way through. I had them beating Brooklyn. I had them going uh-huh. this far. I had them even winning winning the East when Jason said that the Heat would win the East. But they just it's ran true. into they ran into that big boss. They made it all the way through the story mode, and they going they, they ran into the to, to the to the big boss. If you play Elden Ring, all the bosses are big bosses. So <laughs> mm-hmm. they all hard to beat. They just ran into that one guy who's just like. I'm gonna smack you around a couple times before you finally figure out the strategy. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think that game one, when Al Holford and um, Derek White shoot that well, it's it, you know they shot fifty percent from the three point line that game. I mean that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, but they took game one rightfully. So you you win a basketball game, you win a basketball game. It counts as a W. I don't care how it happens. So. Um, you know, I think the Warriors are in a worse position because of that. Because usually, I would have guessed that they'd be going 2-0 up in the Boston and try to split, uh, but would be hard to. And, you know, the things that I've seen is really important. Is One, Steph is playing like he's that guy right now. Steph is, Steph is the best player in the series. Steph is playing... When he hits some threes, man, the whole crowd erupts. They get in the rhythm, and then Jordan Poole hits those two threes. Like, it's insane. Like, Steph had a great game one as well. Like, he is playing at a superstar level right now. Everything he's hitting is tough shots. He's playing perfect basketball. Game one and two. Um... I'm liking what I'm seeing from Clay Thompson. They're really using him well. Uh, Jordan Poole, you know, I saw some dumb dumb say Jordan Poole was a less valuable player to the series than Marcus Smart. Um, it tells <laughs> that guy's on TV, so uh, <laughs> his last name ends with Erd, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and I just you know you don't watch basketball, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, Jordan Poole is that guy. Jordan Poole is, dear goodness, 
Oh my gosh. So, but that's beside the point. Um, it must be one yeah, I, that caused him to go off in the end of the, at the, end of the third quarter and knocked out yep. the threes. Uh, yeah, it was him. It was his problem. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Smart's not better than the Jordan Poole. Plot twist. Um, <laughs> he wanted to be like, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. <laughs> no. And I, I really, <laughs> I really think Draymond Green won during game two. The reason why is everybody and their mama on the Boston Celtics was fighting with Draymond Green verbally. I saw Jalen Brown try to push him on his trying to get up. I saw Grant Williams get a ticky-tack foul trying to hold on to Draymond Green. He even got the head coach talking to him, and he's getting a technical. Uh, and then he Steph Curry goes down the line shoots his free throws. He said J- Jason Tatum and him are talking at the beginning of the game. Marcus Smart and him are getting at it. That man punked the Boston Celtics. That, that man controlled the basketball game, and he didn't have more 10 points. And uh, something that I... Um, while reading Kevin Garnett's book, he talked about uh, how he learned by watching Charles Barkley and Gary Payton control the game with their talking ability by controlling the whistle. Whistle that he learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. So then, Kevin. So Draymond Green's one of those guys that can control the game by the whistle. And the Boston Celtics, honestly, have always been the team that walks that line between. It's kind of legal and it's kind of not you know it's kind of they kind yeah. they walk that line they they just they just do okay Jalen Brown's elbowing everybody as he tries to get a bucket like you know they they just walk the line Grant Williams you know they, they walk the line Draymond Green poked all of them and said oh you're gonna walk the line I'm gonna flop while you walk the line and we're gonna get these foul calls and what that is doing is extremely important because the Boston Celtics if that keeps on happening they're not gonna be able to get away with the ticky tacky stuff so then what does that mean how are you going to put your hands on Steph Curry running around on screens? How are you going to put your hands on Clay Thompson running around screens? How are you going to put your hands on Jordan Poole? It's going to be harder to play rougher if Draymond King Green can keep on controlling the series with the whistle and the level of intensity that the game is played at. Because, yeah, I'm sure against most teams, Draymond Green would love to play physical because he's a physical player. But against the Boston Celtics, you want to negate their physicality because... It's harder for refs when, let's say, somebody gets fouled. Some, let's say, somebody fouls somebody on every move they make. Are they going to call every foul? No. Why would you call a hundred fouls in a game? They, they can't do that. So what that means, whenever level level of physicality is initiated, and it's not foul cold enough to stop it, then they can keep on doing it. But what Draymond Green is doing very brilliantly is he's negating it by instigating it and then flopping and acting like that's what they're doing is more egregious than what it is and then they get the foul. And then it's 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 really working. It's going if this keeps on happening, the Warriors I feel 100% certain that they're going to win the series and nobody's going to talk about how important Draymond Green is, but the man is pressing all the right buttons in game 2. I've never seen a better game by a player that did not score more than 10 points than I watched in that game. It was extremely impressive. Um, You know, Jason Tatum had a really good game. He's a bucket. He's always going to be a bucket. Jalen Brown didn't have his best game, but, you know, I'm sure that things are going to change for that. Um, Going into Boston, it's going to be hard, though. You know, you got two straight games of Boston. If they win both home games, they're up 3-1. So there's going to be a level of intensity that the Golden State Warriors are going to be bringing to win one. You know what I mean? And the hard thing about playing a team like the Golden State Warriors is they can do what they did in the third quarter. They can lose their mind and get hot and win the game. Actually, it was the fourth quarter. It was a close game for three quarters, and then boom, Warriors win. Win by 20. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they have that extra gear that Chris talked about. So... Uh, yeah, that's what I saw. It was a really interesting game. The, the Boston Celtics really need to work as hard as they can to try to go into Boston Garden in Game 6 of 3-2 because that's their Game 7. They have to do whatever it takes to not get knocked out in 5 because if they go Game 7 with the Warriors in Oracle, in their home stadium, 
it's it's not going to be a good matchup. So, you know, the Boston Celtics are really going to have to play with a newfound level of intensity. And if they don't adjust to what Draymond Green is doing, then they will keep on getting punked mentally, and this will be a short series. It's funny that you mentioned Draymond Green because I, I, can, I can't agree with you more about that. He was playing like that. Look, think about this for a second, guys. He was being physical, being chatty with a tech. <laughs> He had a tech. Yes. He w- with that Jalen Brown situation, he was one second away from being ejected, and that changes the mm-hmm. whole tide of the game. I think that's what Boston mm-hmm. were, was hoping for, but the breast was like, we're going to let him play and see what happens. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to just turn the series around because they knew how important Draymond Green was. They didn't want to just give them that much of an, of an advantage mm-hmm. to just take the game over. I mean, to, to take the game over because with him out, I mean, they're free to do what they want. They, they have nothing yeah. at that point. I mean, they still have scores, but you know what I mean? Like, on that level of emotional, you know, you know, leadership and things like that. Don't have nobody on that level. So, Draymond Green, though, the, the Boston Celtics probably run away with game two. Um, and you were absolutely right. It was not – I'm just going to correct it real quick. Um, it wasn't game four. It was the – it was game – I mean, not game four. It wasn't the fourth quarter. It was the third quarter. Jordan Poole and everybody else start losing their minds at the – like, sort of mm-hmm. like the halfway mark of the third quarter. And they went on, like, two eight zero runs. And – Knocked them completely out. Steph Curry, yeah. Steph Curry and Jordan, everybody, else, everybody. Steph Curry set the whole fourth quarter. <laughs> the entire fourth quarter, like set. <laughs> Has that happened in finals history before, where the star player just sits? It the rarely happens. Rarely. Did that happen rarely. during the Cavs? Gold State Series with Kevin I Durant. wouldn't I be surprised. That, I don't think it happened. Oh, I, I thought you meant like 2015 or 2016. Because they were both such three-point shooting teams that they both probably got hot some games and just blew the other team out. I'm saying like the Kevin Durant team. I don't think that happened that game either. But Ke- mm-hmm. Curry, they were in such... They had like almost a 30-point lead. So yeah. Curry set the rest of the game knowing that there was nothing they could do. <laughs> yeah. Because Ime yeah. <laughs> Udoka just switched the second team and was like, you guys play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's really interesting, Chris. Really interesting. Uh, one other thing that I saw was interesting is there's a lot of three-guard lineups from the Warriors. I, I, I think it's because of switchability and uh, it's harder to... Basically, Gary Payton, Jordan Poole, and Steph is a common lineup you'll see. And it's it's really interesting. It's like almost like Gary Payton is subbing in and out for Andrew Wiggins. Um, Nima Bulinsa got some more minutes. I thought that was a really good adjustment by Steve Kerr because of the size of the Boston Celtics. They needed to rotate in a second center instead of just putting Draymond Green in there. And Draymond Green was that was that was one of the best games you will ever see from Draymond Green last night. And he did score more than ten points. It was a wow performance. I mean, defensively he was everywhere. And did you see the passing ability of Curry? We don't talk enough about his passing ability. Mm-hmm. We, we commend him on his shot making ability. You know, his, you know his shot creation ability, but his uh-huh. passing ability was on full display last night. Yes, yeah, I completely agree with you, man. It's this 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 team's the better team. It's just they're in a tough spot because Al Horford and White got hot game one, so yeah. they it, it's it's going to be a battle. The next two games are going to be the deciding factors because you know. They go up three one. It's mathematically basically impossible, other than if you have LeBron. Um, so I, I really, I really, I really think that you know Boston's just got to play for Game Six going up three two. Yeah, that's what I, I would be, you know, telling my guys. And you know, I think they really they can't let this happen again. But they're they're you know they're one of those teams that's used to being the bully. Like, the Boston Celtics are used to being the bully. But Draymond Green is like, oh, you want to be the bully? Poke. Oh, foul. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it may not be just, like, in that second. Like, they might be not be talking back and forth. But, you know, I, I saw that happen where uh, Jason Tatum and him are talking, right? And J- Draymond Green exaggerates how hard it was to get away from him. And he flops and he gets a foul call on Jason Tatum. Like, he's just so good. At it. It's just it's it's a gift. 
it's a gift, and he has the gift. Um, yeah. The gift of a devious, brilliant mind of Draymond Green. Uh, so, you know, I don't think he should be the MVP of this series if, if they do win, but I think we really got to talk about Draymond Green as an extreme impactor on winning basketball teams because mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous what's going on here. It's it's, it's That was one of the greatest performances, like I said before, that I've ever seen by a player not score more than 10 points in the game. Controlled it. Yeah. Did you hear about Quinn Snyder stepping down from the Utah Jazz? What? Shut the front door. Yeah, hold on. You're, I, I got it on. you're playing jokes. Let me. Let me I'm <laughs> no sorry. Way. Let me confirm it real quick. Let me confirm it. I saw it yesterday, <laughs> no. but I didn't quite read the story. But I was just like so in shock. But I think it's no true. Way. No way. Give me a second. No second. I'm going to Woj's page right now. I'm going to Woj. I'm going to Woj. Don't, don't tease me like that. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, he stepped down. Why? Um, was he forced? Was it like one of those things? Oh, we'll step down, we'll actually like fire you in public. Let me read it. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, so it says oh Utah Jazz coach Quinn Snyder is planning to step down. Sources tell ESPN, after eight seasons as coach, Snyder simply decided that it's time to step away. Conversations have been amicable with the team. Relationships still strong, but Snyder has signed to leave after building the Jazz into a perennial playoff contender. Contender. After losing Snyder, the second winningest coach in franchise history, the Jazz plan to commence on a coaching search immediately. But guess what? Guess who's not happy? Donovan Mitchell. He's uncertain about the franchise's future. We might see him depart sooner rather than later. Good job, Jazz. You ran off your coach, and now you got to run off your star. <laughs> Thoughts, Jay? This is a ex- great example of how little people talk about how much a crappy front office can ruin a team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember while reading Steve Kerr's book that he talked about how the owner, while he was the GM of the Phoenix Suns, the owner told him that there was a certain amount of money that he wanted to pay for his players, and he forced him to trade um, some of their better players to lower their contracts, to lower their salary. Mm. When they had Steve Nash in like 2007, 2008, and he had to rebuild. So that's an example of how shitty organizations can negatively impact winning. An example of the Utah Jazz being a shitty organization is paying Rudy Gobert the max. I mean, dear goodness. I, 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 Chris, like, not in a gazillion years would you pay him the max. No. Because he he's the fourth or fifth best option on offense. Like, so the organization made a problem there. Secondly, the organization gave him a problem by allowing him to be empowered enough to think that he's more valuable than Donovan Mitchell. Right? So you, you keep on pressing the button of the only player that's, like, superstar level on that team. And... You press the button so much that the coach leaves. Let's talk about the coach. In my opinion, the guy who just got fired is a top eight to top five NBA coach in the league. Why? Because he has taken that team to the playoffs consistently for the past five to eight years with a team that doesn't have anybody other than Donovan Mitchell that can score more than 20 points per game on a terrible team. You put any of the you put Bodon Bobanovich on the Houston Rockets, it's borderline. It's like, man, he really has to get the shot attempts to really be that guy. You put Mike Conley when he was just 35, you know what I mean? Like, oh, the GM, oh, the GM has the bright idea. Who has the ball all the time in the playoffs? Donovan Mitchell. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go pay that old guy named Mike Conley $100 million to be our secondary ball handler. What? Yeah. 
the coaches had to deal with a much below team of what the winning that he has produced. He has made everybody in the world think that his team is much better than it is because of his coaching. He forced everything to Rudy Gobert defensively because it's the only thing that he could do. And it was very, very good at it. And his team didn't have a much, a lot of defensive talent other than Rudy Gobert. So that's why the system was built. Because he had to utilize the only thing and cover their deficiencies. Because Bodog can't guard. Joe Ingles can't guard. Mike Conley wasn't able to guard anymore. He was a really good defender in Memphis, but, you know, age catches us all. Exactly. Donovan Mitchell's not a great defender because he has to be a volume scorer. Like, what are you even talking about? The man has to score 40 for you guys to win a game in the playoffs. Like, I don't even know what we're talking about here. And they did such a terrible job as an organization that they lost that coach. They lost that guy. I don't know if they fired him informally and just said, oh, he's splitting ways. But you lost him either through your negligence by not building a good team around him that he's been to have to uplift or him having to deal with the idea that Donovan Mitchell is going to be leaving soon. Mm-hmm. So your negligence again. Because you're the Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One that empowered Rudy Gobert to think he was that guy when he's just not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. No. All he does is catch lobs and defend the rim. That's not a max player. That's the GM's... That's not that's not that big of a difference. It really is not. Except Clint can probably guard in the perimeter better. He's a little bit of a different center, but I understand yeah. your um alle- analogy. Analogy. Yeah. Like terrible. Terrible. This is like I don't know, Steve Kerr getting fired, Greg Popovich getting fired, having to walk away because of, you know, issues. That means yeah, the front office was giving me too much random stupid shit that I had to deal with and cook into a playoff team. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Like, seriously. It's egregious, Chris. That's my take on it. Um, hopefully Donovan Mitchell leaves the terrible organization knows the Utah Jazz. Now, I can't agree with you more. You know how I feel about Utah. Um, <sighs> so, here we go. So, Utah has done... The worst job I've ever seen outside of drafting Donovan Mitchell of continually building a championship roster. You mm. see how in the how when I read it, it said perennial playoff contender because they don't they're not even yes. seen as a championship contender because you send out the same squad every year and hope for mm. a different result. There has been a quote that I've probably used on here before. Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. There has to be some form of change. We did not see, I mean, like, I don't know if there was no money available or if we just didn't want to move our pieces. We're like, we're going to keep running it back five years in a row and get the same result. That does not work. We have seen this does not work. Mm. And Quinn Snyder definitely got tired of it. Yeah. Then you ran your coach off, and now you're going to run your best player off, and then you're going to be left with nothing. Because you're not yeah. going to be able to keep him. You're not going to be mm-hmm. able to keep him. This is the co- this coach was able to take what little you gave him year yes. after year after year. Mm-hmm. After year, and take it to the playoffs just to be humiliated year after yeah. year after year mm-hmm. after year. There's no redeeming qualities in this in this season, in the season before, or the season before. Besides the fact that you yeah. drafted Donovan Mitchell a couple years ago, that's the only thing redeeming in these in these past five years. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you have been in the exact same organization, and it's sickening. Why do you refuse yeah. to change? Why are you yeah. insane? Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Another good example of them being stupid, I just thought about it, is 
Gordon Hayter was was a good player before his injury. You know what I mean? He got himself injured as soon as his Boston career started. Many people may not know. I don't know if you guys know this. Gordon Hayter was all-star with the Utah Jazz. Yeah. They did not have the foresight to keep him and Donovan Mitchell together. Because he would have been the second best, if he was healthy, he would have been the second best player in that team because he would have been a solid 26. Because he's a good passer. You know what I mean? Like, There's a lot of intrinsic things that Gordon Hayward could have offered to Donovan Mitchell BS2. You know what I mean? And then this team has actually become more legitimate. But the front office, terrible at their job. You know what I mean? Now that I think about it, what what have they done and since John Stockton and Karl Malone left? They had Deron Williams for a while. They let him go, you know. They, he, they let him be out of shape, you know what I mean? They must not have held him accountable because the man was never in shape, Deron Williams. I mean, they had Carlos Boozer for a while. He was pretty solid. But other than that, I can't think of one thing they've done other than probably just get lucky with Donovan Mitchell. Because, I mean, you can't take... I, I, There is no way that you can sell to me, Chris, that you know how to make draft picks if I haven't seen you do anything other than Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in the past decade. What have they drafted that's been worked out? I, I can't think of a player. Derek Favors, they drafted him in the top three pick. That man never re- reached his p- potential of what they probably thought he would have been, but no. they must have been wrong. You know what I mean? Like, there's, it, I, I can't think of this organization, now that I think of it, doing anything that, man, this team really knows what they're doing. They understand what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, it just I just think they got lucky. I think they got lucky with Donovan Mitchell, and they're about to lose him. And this this is one of those organizations that's just bad at being a basketball organization, like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I think the Minnesota Timberwolves has gotten better um, for the most part. Uh, I mean, just I mean, maybe it's the coaching staff. Maybe they're starting to see that there might be a little bit of error in their ways. I'm gonna give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt because I'm really, really, you know, kind of um, how do I say? They had three number one picks. Yeah, but they're they're doing a little bit better. I think <laughs> I, I, mean, see, I see I see I see a glimpse of hope in their future. I don't see anything. For yeah, I understand what like, you're trying to say. I was talking about the the front office though. Yeah, um, Utah hasn't been the same since 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 AK47 got bodied by Baron Davis. I oh yeah, AK47. <laughs> he was a good player. <laughs> they haven't been the same since then. Uh, good defender. Yeah, they haven't been the same since then. It's just a little joke, but yeah. In all seriousness, Utah, um, this should be a look at the man in the mirror moment for you. For mm-hmm. sure. You have to really analyze and really look deeply into the organization and see why. Yes. Why, what we had, we had, we had the best coach we've had in ever. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's just how, why, why will we, why is he stepping down? Why did, why are we being called a playoff contender mm-hmm. and not a championship contender? And why is our yeah. best player want to leave? Why, why can't we keep a, I mean, why are we a good regular season team? But when it comes to the playoffs, we can never show up and reach that next potential. It's because you refuse yeah. to change. Change yeah. is good sometimes. And this is the point yeah. where you should change. Yeah. You know, I, I just thought about another thing. There's a old podcast that we did. I don't expect everybody to listen to every podcast that we've ever done. So I'll bring up a simile from something we've done before is one of the things that I talked about once was after doing some research that there's a correlation between good basketball teams and teams that hold on to former good players as people in the front office. So basically they hold on to these good old players they put them a part of the front office because they're there to help teach the young guys how to be great players, how to have play as one, play in as a unit, okay? Mm-hmm. So two teams right off the top of my head I can think of that have done this at an extremely high level. Miami Heat has had Alonzo Mourning since he retired. He has been a part of that front office for the Miami Heat for an extremely long time. Think about all the player development they've done. Think about all the drafting they've done. Think about all that great organization that organization is. Another one right off the top of my head again, Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins has been a part of the Atlanta Hawks organization for a very, very long time. Now, you may think to yourself, the Orlando Hawks don't sound like a great name, but they had a few good eras. Think about Trey Young right now. Think about how good that, that team's developed. Think about the fact that they had Kyle Korver, Al Horford, Jeff Teague, and that group, 
go to the Eastern Conference Finals to lose against LeBron with a 60-win team. Think about before that, they had Joe Johnson in that squad with Josh Smith. They've been good since I've been alive. They've been relevant since I've been alive. You know what I mean? That's a sign of a good organization. Think about the Spurs. Uh, hello, Tim Duncan's sitting on that bench for a reason, okay? Mm-hmm. Or good organizations keep the guys around. I could tell you right off the top of my head, two guys from the Utah Jazz that aren't there. Carl Malone and John Stockton. How is that even possible? Mm-hmm. John Stockton's from Gonzaga. He went to Gonzaga University. He's from that area. And they can't keep him on the organization. The greatest, the all-time leader in assists and steals, one of the greatest minds that's ever graced the basketball court, never has gone into coaching. And you couldn't pay him enough money to get him to stay around. Are you really telling me that John Stockton would not love to go be a part of the Utah Jazz organization to go do something fun? You know what I mean? Anybody that... You have to understand that these are top 1% athletes, and if they're great, they love the living poo out of basketball. Michael yeah. Jordan, religious about basketball. Listen to LeBron James talk about basketball. John Stocks is one of these all-time grape types who gave his whole life from the age of probably 5 to 40 to basketball. And you're telling me he wouldn't like to be a part of your organization that kept him there for 20 years? Yeah. Like, you want to talk about one of the... Like, they don't keep him or the guy who's a top five all-time scorer. Like, I, bro, how is that even possible? His name's Carl Malone. Look him up. Like, that's just another sign that this is just a crappy organization, Chris. Crappy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, Carl Malone was never a part of that organization as well. I mean, how do you miss on a guy who's a top five scorer of all time? Like those two guys, man, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't tell me that there's not a correlation there between organizations bringing on these players to help teach them how to be great. You know what I mean? Like there's a certain level of work ethic and NBA understanding that you, you hear a lot of people talk about that gets passed down to the younger generations that these guys have in spades, and but they don't have them. So that's just a um, an example to try to explain that the Utah Jazz are a terrible organization. They don't do things correctly, and Quinn Snyder was not supposed to be fired as a coach. I mean, that guy is amazing. Yeah, no, no. I really just hope that he just was like, yeah, I'm sick of this and left and not fired. Um, And I wonder Mm -hmm. if like, because, you know, there was a lot of talks, you know, about like maybe the Lakers might try to go after Quinn Snyder, (laughs) possibly. Oh, dear goodness. They made (laughs) a mistake. All they had to do was wait two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Can we? Hey, uh, Darvin Ham, Devin Ham, I don't know your name that well, but, uh, you know, we've just been doing a lot of research lately and thinking about things lately, and I just, I think we're going to move in a different direction. (laughs) (laughs) It's not you, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if they can do that now since they signed the paperwork. So, you know, one team I can think of right at the top of my head that would become my NBA championship favorites is if the... uh, Brooklyn Nets figured out how to fire Steve Nash. Mm. It's their goodness. If Quid Snyder got a hold of that team. Here's I'm another sorry, good one NBA. too. <laughs> Here's another good one too. Did you hear that um Dan Tony is going to talk with Jordan today about possibly taking the coaching job for the Hornets? Really? Now that is a great fit. Wow. They they already love to run, and they used to have that guy who used to be from the Spurs. Yeah. So if they want, they were running with a coach that was a Spurs old head coach. Just imagine what they're gonna do with Mike Cantoni there. It's gonna be a track meet. You know, I really feel feel like that fits the the way they play as a team, an extremely high level. So I would love that hiring. That is, it's rare to find a coach that perfectly fits your um, talent. You know, especially like a, an example of that is Ime Odoka. Ime Odoka comes from the Spurs. They fit their talent of the team, defensively minded, good sc- wing scoring, Kawhi, all those type of things. Um, winning pedigree, you know, understanding how to win in the playoffs. Unlike Brett, you know, Brad Stevens is a good coach, but it's a it's a better fit because Brad Stevens was better fit for Isaiah Thomas. Oh, I got an electric guard. I'll build mm-hmm. around him. Um, 
and you know Mike D'Antoni. That's a perfect fit. Lamelo Ball, like those guys, Lonzo and Lamelo and Leandro played at like rocket fuel in high school. So yeah. it's it's gonna be five seconds or less. I don't know, but there it's gonna be a track meet next year, and it's gonna be a lot of points. And you know, hopefully they can just figure out something to do defensively because that's always been Mike D'Antoni's flaw. That's what I was so going to talk about. Yeah, because it's, it's, yeah, his he, one flaw is his defense. Yeah, so, you know, he's got to find that right guy and trust him. He did find it with the Houston Rockets for a while, and I think he retired. Um, I can't think of his name. Yeah. Um, I, I like that pickup, too, because I feel like yes. LaMelo could be like the second coming of Steve Nash <laughs> for yes. real for them, because, like, his shoot can pass really yes. well. He loves to play the four. His, his playing is infectious. Yes, um, I think that's a really nice young team for him to coach. If he was to get that job, for sure. Yes, um, I could one hundred percent see that. Ten seconds or less is Dan Tony, and that's like yeah. we, Charlotte's just really fun to watch. Really fast paced game. Mm-hmm. They play at breakneck yeah. speeds, so always trying to push the ball and get the ball up the court. But they just yeah. have to figure out how to do that. If they can do that with a winning defensive, um, <clears throat> uh, what do I want to say? A winning defensive combination. Yeah, they, they could, they could, they could take a team. They could take the team to the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Honestly, um, I don't know how old Mike Tony is, but it's rare to have, in my opinion, a fluidity from the sense of a good GM and a good head coach being at the same job at the same time. It's rare for that to happen. And I believe that the Mike Muchek, I think his name or something, I forget his exact name, but I really think the Hornets GM has done a great job in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, MJ is kind of getting... I, I hope that the you, the reason why the team's getting better is MJ starting to let his staff do their job and not, like, get into things too much. Um but, you know, that connection between the head coach and the GM could be really good because when you have a good connection like that where two guys are really good at their jobs at the same time, special things can happen. So, you know, I, uh, I'm i I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. That, that. It's a great thing to be a Charlotte Hornets fan. You know what I mean? You know what I just thought of? That, like, a light bulb just went off in my head. And it may or may not happen because I've never heard of a head coach stepping down to be an assistant coach. Um... But what if, like, Darvin Ham could, like, oh, Quinn Snyder, come join my coaching staff. <laughs> I would be ecstatic. Ecstatic. I seriously, though, like, the, if the Nets don't pay Quinn Snyder enough money to have his children walk on gold-plated seats for the rest of their lives, I, I'm sorry, you're doing something wrong. How is that, how's it not happened that the Nets haven't fired Steve Nash yet? He hasn't got fired yet, right? No, 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 he hasn't. I think they want to give him one more year, one more try with Ben oh, Simmons God. coming back. I mean, it's that, easy to win with Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Like, what? What are we talking about? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think they want to give him one more shot because you know he had to deal with a lot of injuries. They can't really blame the season on him. You know? Oh, trust me, I'm blaming the season on him. <laughs> they dealt with oh, a lot God. of injuries. Then they didn't have. Then they had a guy refuse to play. So. And they had a coach who didn't know how to coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. my goodness, bro. When you put mini-me's to guard Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you lose the series. <laughs> they had such success the first year, so it was like, let's run it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... You know, that's a rare situation where that guy gets to keep his job because... You know, they put so much investment in them. They probably visualize that this is going to work out. Oh, it's going to be so great. And then poof. It's just, it's it's surprising because usually a, a guy with such great basketball IQ doesn't flop so hard. But, I mean, you can make the argument that Mark Jackson, you know, flopped a little bit for the Golden State Warriors because he didn't see um, how much off-ball movement could be useful for that team because they weren't mm-hmm. doing the things that they were doing with Steve Kerr. Um, yeah. So I, I, you can kind of question that. Um, yeah, but I, I I, think that there's been a few. If, they, if the Hornets really hired D'Antonio, there's there's a few good head coaches landing at right spots. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's been a pretty good offseason for head coaches for teams. Um, it's, a, it's a good batch this year, in my opinion. 
And unless Quinn Snyder technically retires, I don't see him sitting away from the game for a long time because it's uh-huh. got to be somebody with a functioning brain who will be like, Quinn Snyder, no way. Come join us. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I couldn't agree yeah. with you more. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fun, man. It's fun. It's fun to be an NBA basketball addict. Yeah. You have anything else for us, Jay? No. I mean, I guess... Always, what game do you think the NBA Finals will end? What What's your um? How many games do you think will end now? Oh, I said yeah. uh, Warriors and six. Do you still stand by that? Yeah. Going Warriors and seven. and seven. I think Boston has enough to force it to seven. After them splitting the Warriors at their home court. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I for some reason it could be. Go ahead. I just I just Warriors want to go with six. Warriors and six. Yeah. Yeah. I have this odd feeling that there's a 20% chance that the Warriors don't lose another game in the series, though. Do you feel that? It could happen. It could happen. They yeah. have too many dry spells, and the Warriors have been pl- have been playing suffocating defense lately. I mean, like, Jason Tatum's going to get what he's going to get. You know what I mean? But when you can yeah. stop the rest of those guys from getting off, then it's a bit of a problem. Because they can't my, go deep into my, the be- bench. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. My gut feeling for that is name me a quarter that the Boston Celtics have looked better than the Golden State Warriors in the past two games. Mm. As a team. Oh, as a team? Yeah. Oh, I mean, no. I can't think of any. That's the I point. I mean, even though they won quarter game one, one of game two. Yeah. Have- uh, Boston. Boston looked better quarter two of game one. Game one. Uh, quarter quarter one. I think it was. One, they got off to it got off to a hot start a little bit, um, and quarter four, but that was mostly like driven by one player, kind of. So yeah, but they went on a 40, 16, 40 to sixteen run. So I mean, that's that's team effort there. Yeah, on some level. My yeah, I guess my my point by that is other than game one, get fourth quarter when Al Horford gets hot, right? People may say that quarter, but my eye test is telling me. That I haven't watched a moment in that game or any game at all between these two games where I've said, man, Boston Celtics are outplaying them. It's not like, okay, it's hard to explain this. So let's say you're playing basketball game against somebody else and you're the better team, right? But they hit 15 out of 33s that day. You're probably not going to beat them that game. That's just the natural luck and the natural way basketball is. Any team can be beat any night, and that's why March Madness is fun. But the mm-hmm. NBA is different. The NBA has perfected figuring out what team is better because of the seven-game series. Because in a whole seven-game series, you're not going to be the hot the whole time. Mm-hmm. And what I'm getting at is... I haven't seen the Boston Celtics really take control of a game where it looks like what they're doing and way the way are winning that game one was something that they can repeat in other games. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is how many games is Al Horford going to score 26 and Derek White's going to score 20-something and they're going to go ridiculously high from the three-point line. That's not something that can be applicable to other games. But there is not a single thing that I've seen the Golden State Warriors do that I can't say they're not going to do every single game. What I mean by that is I've seen Steph Curry do the same thing he always does. He's dropping them at the volleyball line, you know what I mean, and hitting great passes. I've seen the same thing Jordan Poole's always done. He's, he's dropping them at the volleyball and hitting great passes. Oh yeah. my gosh, we're, we have some great new way to get Clay Thompson open that's like so hard to spot. I literally saw <laughs> them have... Clay Thompson come off a screen with a screener, right? Trying to get open mm-hmm. for three. And Draymond Green had his back turned to the guy that could have came up to stop Clay Thompson from scoring. Kind of like making this square of space. Like Clay Thompson had just like a free look. He missed it. But I was like, they just do so many creative things mm-hmm. that are going to be able to be applicable to every single game. And I don't see, I haven't seen a single quarter where I've been able to say what the Boston Celtics are doing right now, the way they are scoring and winning this quarter is going to be able to beat them consistently that way. And that's Mm -hmm. why I have a little bit of an inkling this could go five. 
there it's there it's there um you know so and i'm sure the boston fans could disagree whatever yeah, it's cool i'm not a we, we, the funny thing is we're from cleveland so yeah. <laughs> like we're cleveland cavaliers fans and we're talking about the gold state warriors this way so we're not biased trust me well uh, yeah. we, we've been killed by that guy too many times uh steph curry and the whole squad there so uh that's what it's an odd feeling but i it, it could happen i really think that there's a 25 percent chance that they they gentlemen sweep them Ooh, i don't want to give them that because like i've been rooting for boston this whole time so i want to say like they could take at least one more game and that's coming mm-hmm. from somebody once again cleveland fans so there's <laughs> no there, there should definitely be animosity here because of what happened to kevin love those years back but <coughs> we let that go um we moved past it he should have gotten thrown out of the game also, Kelly Olenek should have gotten thrown out of basketball, in my opinion. But, you know, when you tear somebody's shoulder on purpose, I guess it's cool. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say the gentleman sweep. I just want to say <laughs> I just want to say they, they'll take two games. They'll take one more in Boston and then lose the rest. Mm. I, I, no. I mean, they gentleman sweep that once. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I don't want to say a gentleman sweep. I just want to say they go take two. It's going to go six. It's going to yeah. go six. It's going to end in an oracle. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they it's it's two good teams, but I just, I'm not seeing it from Boston. I mean, in Boston, I'm sorry. It's going to end in Boston. No. <clears throat> well, that was, that was a fun one. Um, do you have anything else you want to say? No, but don't you have something to say about our ratings? Uh, yeah, we're definitely trying to continue to reach that five star status on all platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you guys can rate, review, subscribe. It really helps us grow. Um, we're really trying to build a community here. We're definitely want you guys to find other people that are basketball addicts and you know enjoy talking about basketball together. If you're somebody new from TikTok. You know, coming in, listening to our podcast, we appreciate you guys. We're going to keep on giving you guys great content the best we can, and we're going to keep on entertaining you guys. Um, and a lot of fun things are going to be coming in the off season. I mean, the draft is like three weeks away. That's going to be a fun time. we got free agency. we got all these unique things that we're going to be doing. So definitely stick around. Uh, so, yeah. Well, anything else you want to say, Chris? Nah, man. I said hit it right on the nail. Sounds like a bet. Well, I'm Jason Collins. And I'm Chris Mommin. And And we're the basketball addicts. Peace. Peace. (laughs) Out. (laughs) (laughs) Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.